0: Hey, dear listeners, we are again going on the Tanakh Tour 2016, this November, and we want you to come with us, don't we, Jason?
1: We do. We want you to put your deposit down for a seat now, and you can experience Torah Pearls this show for nearly two weeks. It's going to be amazing, isn't it, Tovia?
2: You know, when we're on the tour, we're actually going to be studying Scripture and walking through Scripture. So not just are we going to be going through the weekly portion together, as we had gone through the entire cycle and discuss so many fascinating topics, but imagine not just studying Isaiah, but imagine walking in the
0: palaces that Isaiah walked in. We'll be doing that in the City of David. We'll be doing that. We're, we're not just City of David, we're going to be going far north. We're going to be going down south. We're going to be spending some very special time in Jerusalem. We want you to come with us. Places are filling up, but you can go to truthtoyou.org. Click on Tanakh Tour of Israel 2016 on the top menu there. That'll take you to the, the link where you can secure your place on the bus with us this November. That's important because whenever I'm not in the north or
2: south or east, I'm usually in the west. Okay, that's <laughs> kind of my <laughs> <Well done>.
0: be around the world and thank you for joining us once again on TruthToYou.org. that's truth number two letteru.org it's season two of Torah Bells I'm gentlemen joining me in the virtual truth to use studio all the way from Island is Jason of spiritual babies.net. G'day, mate. G'day, watch your everybody. And in Indonesia, the author of Let's Get Biblical, Why Doesn't Judaism Accept the Christian Messiah, Volumes 1 and 2. You can get a copy from his website, outreachjudaism.org. That's outreachjudaism.org. Welcome back to the program, Rabbi Tobias Singer. Do
2: that again. But do like you mean it this time. Okay. <laughs> So how come Jason gets... Jason from Ireland I
0: can do I can that You want a bit of that in your sing? introduction? Yeah, go a little All right, more Alright, let me do it again yeah. Okay, I'll do it Are you ready? I'll do it like, like this like And in Indonesia is the author of Let's Get Biblical Why Doesn't Judaism Accept the Christian Messiah good. Volumes 1 and 2 You can get a copy from his website OutreachJudaism.org That's OutreachJudaism.org Welcome back to the program what? Rabbi Tobias Singer That
2: was a little too much Let's try a third time little, little, well, little if, if
0: Rabbi Singer's getting, getting it, I don't want it I don't want it
2: Okay, let's be serial. Anyways, pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you back.
0: Wonderful to have you guys back on the program. We're doing Shoftim. Shoftim kicks off from Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 18. It begins like this You shall appoint judges and officers in all your gates, which the Lord your God gives you according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. Tobia Shoftim That's means true. judge. This yes. is where we are.
2: This is a mitzvah. By the way, this is such a delicious parsha. This portion contains how many mitzvahs? You wouldn't believe it. Forty-one commandments in this one parsha alone. One of the most. What do you want? Forty-one commandments in this parsha alone. You want to like kiss Hashem forty-one times in this parsha? We look at unbelievable things, and here we have a mitzvah, the, Uriza, the Torah, that we are that every city that you are to appoint you are the commandment is that you the people have to appoint judges in your cities in every one of your cities and that it there must be righteous judgment in all your cities and that's now very that's, critical that's this that's is critical
0: right. but did you just did you just say that uh, democracy is I mean is this a is this some sort of endorsement of democracy here in verse 18 is this what you're saying? Well we wouldn't ask we wouldn't ask Noam Chomsky who do you think the judge should be?
2: Obviously what means <laughs> is that the elders of each city city are mm. commanded, because Moses wants to say to you, look, see there's a very there's a very scary thing there's a, well, let's say it this way there's a danger that a person can say, look, Moses is now going to appoint, is appointing judges so people might say, oh Moses is Moses, he represents God, he speaks to God face to face whatever that means, but he's, mm. Moses is different, so maybe we have to have prophets who are going to tell us in every generation who the judges will be, that's clearly not the case, because as it turns out, the Sanhedrin would go on for many, many centuries with no prophets. So therefore, we're told in this parasha that you have to have two things. What's a shoifet is a judge, and you are to appoint it's a mitzvah a Torah, the shaitrim; those are police officers. That means mm-hmm. you have to, they have to be enforced in all your cities And the courts, that which we're going to come to in a moment, just so you know, have to be in every major city. And you might ask, mm-hmm. me, what, is what constitutes a major city? For example, in the world today, there are approximately, I think, 47,000 cities in the world. Uh, that have a population of 100,000 more, But it, we, when the Torah talks about a city, it means a city that has at least 120 people. That's it. Mm-hmm. And they have to mm-hmm. have a, a court. There are just a point, so people know the halacha, that there, there are three levels of court, three tiers of courts, which is going to come up, but just to explain this, there is uh, the court of, uh, that. Could, the, there is first of all the great court that was in Jerusalem. That is not in all your cities. That was on the Temple Mount. I'm we're going to show you, my friends, when we're on the Temple Mount in Ator, you will see the place where the Lishka HaGazas was, where the temple, that was the court that was hewn out of the stone Of the temple, literally. That had 71 judges. Now, in all the cities, there were smaller courts of 23 judges, and then there was a small court of only three judges. But the three-judge court could only decide issues of torts, issues of monetary mm-hmm. civil issues. Of course, they could perform conversions and so on. So this is a commandment to, in fact, have those uh, judges. Jason?
1: Yeah, I'm, so I'm curious here. It says that uh, they are to take um, the uh, elders and the smartest people from the tribes to create these judges. But obviously, within this group of people, there were um people who didn't come from the from tribal lineage as well the extras if you like um and i'm wondering did did they come under i mean how did they get assigned um into tribal lots so did were they their own group or did they live within the tribes and did the judges of those tribes judge everybody or just their own tribe how did that work
2: it was very important. Even today, I, I just had a woman send me a message saying, Oh, you had this, I, I'm going to get a conversion. The rabbi is saying, You please, you must live in the community within a walking distance of a synagogue in order to have a Jewish community. Oh, that's so hard. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying to her that we want you to be a part of the community to integrate completely. It was very, very important that people who converted to the Jewish faith live among the Jewish people. The people, the, the, the Shavit had to identify who the judge was. We had many, many great rabbis who themselves were converts of the Jewish faith, including the most important commentary on the entire torah and that's Unus, who was the nephew of Nero, the emperor of Rome. Wow. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the key is that these people had to be to These are the last words. They must judge the people mishpat with righteousness, with justice. That's the key point. And every city had to have that. And we're going to see this this first passage really is going to flow through everything that we're going to go through that means they can't, well, we're going to come to it now, no diversion, no distractions Mm -hmm. focused on only Mishpat, nothing and that's really a picture by the way of the Messiah and the Messiah, if we read Isaiah chapter 11, just for a moment Chapter eleven. That's the messi. That's the Mashiach. It's one of the few passages in Scripture that describe Mashiach. Now you think it would say, "Well, what's Mashiach going to do?" So read Isaiah eleven, two and three. For most people, they don't recognize this, but in fact, when we look at just a handful, it's just a few passages in Scripture that describe. Well, what kind of things would we expect? what would we expect them aside to look like what 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 kind of person will be what kind of quality should we look for so person will say, oh, he could do miracles, oh, he could, you know, jump flying all over the place, and he's, he's, you know, healing and shmeeling, and all these things. <laughs> Actually, shmueling. Jews look at this, what are you talking about? Is this a magic show religion? No, they don't understand the other guys, and you know what I'm talking about. And and hmm. it is, it's like, well, he's laying hands, he's laying hands. I had a kid on the phone, on Facebook with me, going back for an hour, they said, what happens if Jesus really did resurrect him? Would you believe? And I'm like, what does that have to do with Mashiach? Nothing. The fact mm. that he even makes such a claim. If you read Mark, and of course Mark is very critical to understanding Shoftim. I'm kidding. But the key is all we're doing is we're getting slammed with miracle, miracle, miracle. This is not the right? Mashiach. Read my holy kindle, my children of the Most High. Read Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, which everybody understands is talking about the Messiah. What does it say there? He will judge the people with righteousness, not mm. after the sight of his eyes. This, my friends, is all messiah. Everything will look, in fact, by the way, this portion happens to that chap, Parsha, as the only mitzvah of when the Messiah comes, what to do, incidentally, as the side, So, this is very messianic, and ultimately, when the Jewish people will live to their highest standard, we're going to have among us a man who is from the house of David, verse one. But what is he going to do? We don't have a list of miracles, resurrecting Jairus and Schmyrus and all these things. No, he's mm. going to judge people with righteousness. My friends, my mm. I know sometimes at night you lay in bed and you wonder, what happens if this is not true? What happens if it is true? Whatever it is, its read it for yourself kindler read it for yourself holy children read isaiah 2 and 3 it's all about justice this is what hashem wants that there should be true justice in the world and that's the key point you need to have justice this is a much bigger topic but i don't want to overdo we have so much over here 41 commands so much that's
0: so right much. so we'll, so we'll kick on verse, verse 19 you shall not uh perverse justice you shall not show partiality nor take a bribe for the bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. You shall follow what is altogether just, that you may live and inherit the land which the Lord your God is giving you.
2: You see that over there? It says there that be very careful. I mean, As I said, Isaiah 11 describes us that he will not mm. ju- look, just so you know I'm not making it up that the mashiach who will fear God, he will not judge people after the sight of his eyes, nor decide Mm -hmm. by how it sounds to his ears. Look at verse two. The spirit of wisdom and understanding will be upon him, and that he will have the fear of Hashem. So it's talking about that there'll be a time of justice, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor. That's the mm. key point. Now, the the also it's very important. The tire is telling us can't go like sat mishpat. You may not, God forbid, adjust. You may not detract from just pervert just justice um because. He's rich, he's popular, and so mm. on and so forth. Or, conversely, you have a guy, one guy, who's a multi-billionaire living in, 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 in Sydney, and you have another guy who's a poor little guy. And like, no, you can't do that either. In fact, mm. in a Jewish courtroom, in a Jewish courtroom, Typically the judges would put a talus on their head and they would actually cover their faces with the talus, not even look at the litigants. Really? Oh yes. Oh yes. That 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 makes sense. To this day, judges, unless they feel it's necessary to be able to assess the the demeanor of the person, obviously you could you know listen to the person and see how but they typically a a judge, if you go into a Jewish court that's deciding all kinds of issues, the rabbis will sit there with a over their head, and they will not look at the litigants. They don't want to... Careful not to judge they by They don't sight. want to... Fair enough.
0: At, they don't want to look at them. Literally, this Very is good. how it's carried out. Jason, verse 21, you shall not plant for yourself any tree as a wooden image near the altar which you build for yourself to the Lord your God. You shall not set up any, uh, a sacred pillar which the Lord your God hates. Uh,
1: you have a um, wooden image?
0: I've got a wooden image. What have you got? Um, you shall not
1: plant yourself any asherah or any tree near a altar. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. The, the, just wanted to point out that, um, trees, uh, especially in the, in the, when you read the stories in the Torah, trees are often, um, linked to areas where people went to receive, uh, divine answers to questions from various different sources Mm. So people used to meet under tall trees and in the shade of tall trees to speak to the wise man or the holy man or the gurus or, you know, whatever local tradition. Um, And I think this is a way of trying to make sure that it was an utterly separate thing and that people wouldn't mistake it. You know, they see a tree and they go, oh, that's where I go for a um, to answer this question, or whether I should, I don't know, plant such and such a crop in this field, um, and it had it's completely separate, and that's that's why the trees mentioned here. I thought it was completely random for some people, but well, I know the first time I read through this, I was like, why? Is, what's a tree got to do with any of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're they're trying to set up that this is a separate thing. It's not related, and you don't want to make anyone think um, or be misled as to why or what this space is for, and what's happening in this space. This is very
2: big, because this ties into the Pasha before. This is the way of the nations of the world. In Bali, you look at it, they build all their altars under the high trees. That's where the prophets go. They go into the trees. And the, Remember, don't do what the nations do. They go they go into these high places and build the things only build in the place that I show you. They go under the leafy trees. Remember, that's last week's portion. Mm. That means mm. this is like kissing. This is all one delicious, organic thing. And therefore, by the way, I'm going to tell you a thing. Well, on top of the Temple Mount, they they those people, I'm not going to say who they are, but it rhymes with ramas. Anyways, they have planted all <laughs> kinds of trees on Temple Mount. When we're oh. on the Temple Mount... That's a
0: fulfillment of prophecy, right?
2: Oh yes, of course. When we're on the Temple Mount, I'm going to tell you this, you're going to watch me do it, and those who wish to participate are welcome to do it, and that is that you'll be passing by trees as we, we show you all the places where the altar was, and where everything was on the tour, where the or everything where people walked in. It, I, I, there's no point in it. But one thing you're going to watch me do, and I hope you'll do, I'm not going to talk about it then. I'll tell you, we'll tell you about this before, but you'll mm. be able to fill a commandment that you've never filled in your life. And that is, that as we're passing by a tree, I've gone with many giants, Torah giants, they go up just to break off a little limb just a little branch just snap it off as you're going by you fulfill this mitzvah we're going to fulfill this commandment to actually take away the trees that are on the temple incident on the temple mount incidentally uh, synagogues are also uh, are are reluctant orthodox are are reticent to have fancy manicured trees and anything like that around Mm -hmm. the thing we don't want that kind of no this is between us and God we're not doing the way to the nations where they have like they have the Baha'i Temple in Haifa which is not on our itinerary but <laughs> they go with trees and gardens and shmards this is
0: not mm. us this is not the way we do things Jason 17 verse
1: 1 all right so uh, you shall not sacrifice to the Lord your God any ox or a sheep that has any blemish on it or any bad thing that is an abomination to the Lord your God um, for those of us who have come from one certain tradition Ah, uh, we were told that we absolutely had a lamb sacrifice that was full of blemishes. Uh, I just wanted to point out that that's not something that God will accept as an okay thing. That if you offer, and um, what I wanted to expand this out to, um, is what is prayer? What's the purpose of prayer? How do we pray? Um, especially as a non-Jewish person. How, what is my role? How do I pray? And I'm trying to figure that out. And um, I'm starting to look at prayer as a, as a form of sacrifice. And so when I look at this now, I'm saying you should not sacrifice to the Lord an ox. So now I'm thinking you should not sacrifice to the Lord a prayer. That has any blemish or bad thing I think that's the one That reminds
0: me That's a really I, I'm glad you brought that up It reminds me of uh, I think it's Proverbs 28 verse 9 I'm just going to look it up now If,
1: if you don't If the, for the, the person that doesn't um, Accept the Torah His prayer is an abomination
0: to the Lord that's, that that's what it says One who turns his ear From hearing the Torah Even his prayer is an abomination mm.
2: Yeah of course of course this so. is the this is a theme we find throughout scripture. And we see it tied in together. Don't bring me any double something that a a, a sacrifice that comes from a double row which means he you bought it, but you bought it with stolen money. That's filthy, That's disgusting. That means don't there shouldn't be any, what do you mean any bad thing. What does that mean like this? The, the cow is smoking a cigarette. No, it means that you you purchased it with, mon, with money that you did not gain, you did not acquire properly.
0: Mm-hmm. So it goes on to say, if there is a, a, among you anyone within your gates, uh, a man or a woman who is wicked in the sight of the Lord your God and transgressing the, his covenant, uh, and gone and serves other gods and worship them, either the sun or the moon or any of the hosts of heaven, which I have not commanded, and it is told you, and you hear of it, then you shall diligently inquire, and if it is indeed true and certain, and certain, that such an abomination has been committed in Israel, then you shall... Bring out out to your gates that man or woman who has committed that wicked thing, and they shall be stoned to death. You, that, that man or woman uh, stoned with stones. Whoever is deserving of death shall be put to death on the testimony of, of of two or three witnesses. He shall not be put to death on the testimony of one witness. The hands of the uh, of the, the hands witnesses. of the witnesses shall be first against him to put him to death, and afterwards the hands of the people. So you shall put away the evil from among you. Now. This is really interesting. I find this particularly interesting, Tobia, because Christians will often, uh, or New Testament believers, whether they're messianic or whatever whatever they are, will uh, often jump to John chapter 8 uh, when it comes to someone, like for, for example... There was in the news today uh, Jim Staley, who was the, uh, the I don't know what you would call him, the, the minister of Passion for Truth Ministries, which is which is kind of a messianic, kind of a Hebrew roots. Jason, how would you how would you explain? Yeah, well, actually,
1: Passion he used he used to call it a Hebrew roots movement, um, but um, I think the year before last he coined the phrase Christian roots movement because he was trying to get away from I think. Some of the more wacky elements of the um, messianic movement. So he would right. call himself Christian roots because he, I think, he's trying to base it on a first-century um, thing. Um, but, he, but, yeah. but he
0: still, he he does but go he, back to the Torah and he tries oh, yeah. to incorporate more of the Torah, uh, not as something that's been done with done away with, but something that needs to be incorporated and and um, uh, promoted through the New Testament belief. Uh, and yet, I found out today. Uh, that, and I shared on Facebook that he has been sentenced to seven years' prison for lying to and defrauding elderly investors and has been ordered to pay back. million dollars and this is this is where he's at now in in sharing this on facebook a lot of christians came to his defense or believers in the new testament came to his defense tovia with the do not judge let let he who has no sin cast the first stone and here we find ourselves in in john chapter 8 and it's the story of the uh, not an idolatry in in, uh, the case of uh, deuteronomy 17 but in john chapter 8 it's about Adultery, which certainly has parallels um, to idolatry, and uh, an adulteress is brought before Jesus. um, So, John would have us, or the writer of John would have us believe. And Jesus said, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first, which is a very different message to what we're reading now. Tobia?
2: Well, it's, I mean, as it turns out, this story of the adulterous woman, which actually begins at the end of seven and an eight, is not original to John. It was put in centuries later. We don't find it in any of the manuscripts, and uh, no Christian scholar I know of even. So I mean, it is a great story because the you know this is why Christians believe in Jesus, and that story makes it into all the movies because it's very powerful. You know, mm-hmm. let him. The story is really about that Jesus is caught, and they, the Pharisees are trying to catch Jesus in this thing. So what is Jesus going to do? Is he going to say, uh, don't stone her? Then he's, he's, he's condoning adultery. If he says stone her, then he looks like a mean Pharisee. So that's the story. It's a, it's a gripping story. It is, not, it is not from above. It is from below. And it is late. I thought when you said John 8 i 'm thinking john eight eighteen and that is that 's where i 'm going with all this, and that is in john eight eighteen the Christians say that Jesus w- at, was there is only one God, and Jesus was fully God and fully human, and I thought you were going to talk about the fact that you need two witnesses, two separate witnesses, and you cannot um, you cannot adjudicate based on the testimony of one and john 's Jesus not that I think Jesus said these things why is beyond is not Jewish main to this broadcast but it says Johnny says Jesus we are told said that I bear witness on myself and the one who sent me bear witness on me so then we have two witnesses but if Jesus if John believed that Jesus was God the same so what's the two witnesses are we talking about here it doesn't even make sense so therefore Very good I, point. I that's what I thought that's what you're going to but that clearly shows you know and even some I don't get it really they're wrong but there are a lot of huge New Testament scholars I mean, very famous. Who say that John's presenting a divine Jesus? That's nonsense. They, they, and I, I take someone through it, but you know that's not. What, what I do, if I may, just leave the Christian, the New Testament, for a moment, which mm. I know will disappoint all the Babachur <laughs> listeners. Uh, <laughs> uh, my holy friends, when you go to you, uh, when you went to the Messianic congregation, they're going to tell you that the word "echad" means a compound unity, and therefore when it's in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four, here was the Lord God. The Lord is Echad. One does it. One not mean one long. It means they just that unity. Is the God that unity? And the rabbis are hiding it, they're lying, and they're the whole thing of the killing Christ together. The unity and Echad, and you get this garbage, this this, this heroin injected sure. into your frontal lobe day and night. I'm going to show you here, my holy friends. Those are Christians. I hope that will not offend you. I think I've lost folk. whatever. Stay with me on this. <laughs> Look at this verse. What does it say here? It says here in the Pussuked. Oh, this is an unbelievable verse. I just want to stay this too much here. I'm Please. sorry. So it says in the verse, to verse 6, al pishnayim adim according to the mouth al p will means a mouth, mm-hmm. two witnesses, or three witnesses, you should be asking a huge question, which we'll get to in a moment, the dead person should be put to death, which is there's like a billion questions you should be asking here, but here's the key point, you shouldn't, cannot put anyone to death on one witness, where's your mm-hmm. compound unity, goodbye, throw it in the garbage can, you haven't <laughs> lied to, Take of your Bibles course. and throw them out the window. Just make sure no one's walking down the street below to hit him overhead and get a concussion. So therefore, okay. there it is. So the last word of this passage. I'm talking about just the last word of this whole passage. Very mm-hmm. famous is that we loy one and of course the Bible is taking the most uh, the the greatest punishment alpi one cannot put to death somebody on the on the on the testimony it really means on the mouth of one witness mm-hmm. there's no compound unity here what it says to you is that the it's it depends on the context of so what echad does not mean a compound unity even that even though that's what your preachers are. I only into your head. And day and night, it's a lie. You have been lied. The real answer is number one: acts like an English. I could say one witness. It's one person. I could say one smile. It's one smile. Or I could say that all my chairs and my table make up one dining room set. That's a compound unity. It's the context. It doesn't mean a compound unity. You have been deceived. I want to move on. Just there's, there's just a few little things. This is very. Mm-hmm. It's too big. The is uh, obvious. What what questions do you see here? I'll pee on the testimony of two or three Uh witnesses, Uh the dead person should be put to death. This is an obvious question. What do you need to tell me on the on which I should say you need two. So if you have eighty, it surely is we so as we know, my holy brothers and sisters, there's nothing vestigial in the tire. That when the Torah looks upon this has enormous uh, implications in Jewish law. When witnesses come forward, they are looked upon as a set. They're coming together as a as together as as people who are bearing witness. And as we're going to see in a moment, the witnesses have to be interrogated inside and out by the Beth Din. But the key point is this: in Jewish law, let's say you have three witnesses, and as it turns out, the, witness number three. Tur- turns out that his he, he his testimony is invalid. He's lying. He's a fraud. Mm-hmm. Or he's mm-hmm. his he's. They interrogate him and they find that in fact there's something deeply flawed about his testimony. Mm-hmm. So one might say, well, we got rid of Mr. S- uh, man Number uh, Witness Number Three. We still have enough to convict because we have the two others. The answer is no. That's it. If, no matter how many witnesses come forward, if they come forward and they bear testimony, if one witness is found to be lying, the whole thing is thrown on the other two witnesses. Their their testimony is invalid as well. I want to also... This, uh, uh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. But, but
0: if I was, uh, if, if say my, my friend, okay, so Jason's in trouble and, and he's done something naughty, Jason, and there's two people <laughs> That are that are going to go and testify about this. Well, I can solve this problem by joining them and uh, giving a, a false testimony, and uh, then the whole thing. Then the whole thing's thrown out of court. Is that what you saying? That's
2: right. That's correct. If the three witnesses, but I could and- do that
0: for Jason if I wanted him to go free. Right. Exactly. But what the Torah is
2: saying, this is a brand new commandment, and the Torah is saying that I want you to know something. That if you have, no matter how you could have a hundred witnesses come, and if one of them, their testimony is is we find out is. Not correct. Then the whole thing is thrown out the window. You know, you can. By the way, this is so beyond the scope of this. It's like the Josephus thing. Some Christians say, "Well, Josephus is TF testimony and It's not the whole thing is true. Half of it's true. The quarter of it's true. This one sentence true. The whole thing is garbage. And the Torah is saying that once you have three. Now remember the standard. The standard is you're putting a guy to death. The Torah says no way. It's not going to happen. The next part is yumas hames, which is a strange thing. It says a dead person should be yumas hames. The dead person will be put to death. Obviously, no. It's not Yumas Hames. It's it's a, it's a living person. that's put to death. Mm. So this is very important. I'm just going to say it one time because people are beginning. Well, certainly by the end of this portion, you're going to realize that this evidentiary standard demanded by the Torah, in order to actually put someone to death, is so high that it almost never happened. Mm. And, th- and then you'll ask the question, but wait, we are about to. We have been talking about all kinds of people we put to death Leviticus here there. As it turns out, we know from every source, a, a, the average Bethan did not put more than one person death in 70 years. That in the ancient world that was two generations. It was just unheard of because the evidentiary standard was so high. Now, the question is what happens? if in fact as we can see it's so easy we want to be so easy for a, uh, a for a, uh, a, a, a a verdict of capital punishment to be carried out is so very difficult the standard is so high and that means the guy goes scot free so what does that mean tyrus says don't worry i'm going to take we're going to see this come up it's we're going to have two verses kissing tyrus saying, don't worry he's still a dead man, but God will take care of it that's why we have this strange lame language you mas haes you can't put a dead per- literally it says, and the corpse, the dead person should be put to death The answer is he's he's in God God has a heavenly court, and he will make the crooked ways straight, and there will be justice so a court, the, the human court is limited. We don't have access to everything. We don't have, we don't, we, there could be mistakes made, and we know that all over in courts, they find that people have been sitting for 25 years, they thought 100%, and now they see that they've they, they been exonerated through DNA and so on. The terrorist message is this, that if the guy is guilty, and you're saying, oh, my gosh, we'll never, all these people who are committing all these sins we've been reading about, they're rarely ever put to death. And you could see logically you need two witnesses. Who's going to be in a room in, in in the Holiday Inn when they're committing adultery and give them warning? It's not going to happen. So the tire is saying one thing: if the if the if if the human court. Cannot put this person to dead. He's still a mess. He's still a dead man, or she's still a dead woman. And that means God takes over. But the decree from heaven will take care will take care of it. So if the so therefore let's read this passage properly. If the witnesses are thoroughly. Are at least two, and they are thoroughly interrogated. I'm not even going to go through because their testimony, by the way, has to be perfect, but it can't be too perfect because if it's too perfect, it looks like a, a collaboration. Bottom mm-hmm. line is that if in fact they can't, the Besden does not have sufficient evidence, or mm-hmm. that the person wasn't warned before, and they have to be warned. So, therefore, under those circumstances, the person, the Besden has to say, we can't, uh, we, we got to, you, you, you're free to go. Does that mean the person is free in heaven? No. He's still a mace, which means that the person who's done this abomination, God will deal with him. And therefore we never, never, what happened in Jerusalem, murder, going I mean, I don't have to talk about it, but going around killing people in a gay pride parade, know the sickness that people do. Are, this is what happens when you don't have Torah. This is what happens when you're not guided by Torah. And it, you have to understand that everything in God's hands, and Hashem judges every person, is the true judge. But you must have a so if a person's guilty of murder, God's going to kill him. And in fact, this is going to tie into another commandment coming up later.
0: So it goes on from, in, in verse 8, it, it continues on saying, now if the matter's too hard, you take it to the to the priests, to the Levites, and you let them judge it, and whatever they, the, the conclusion they come to, right. that's what you better do. It says in verse 11, according to the sentence of the law which they instruct you, according to the judgment judgment which they tell you, you shall do, you shall not turn aside from the right hand or to the left Don't hand the from the, the sentence side. which they pronounce upon you. Yeah,
2: they tell you and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, they tell you right or left leg, you have to do it. And not only that, if the court tells you that you owe a person money, you have to do it with joy. And A sages tells us you should walk out of a best den after you've lost the case and after you have to pay You have to thank Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Mm. that justice was meted out. So therefore, I, I don't have the sin laying on me because the God will ultimately come to you, but you must follow the way of the judges. You must, you Mm. cannot turn away one way or the other. And we're going to now come to a person who is a, um, who is a rebeller, and it's not just he's a, uh, a zoki mamri, which is a zoki mamri
0: is... Now, uh, it uses the same words that, it, that uh, in uh, Numbers chapter, what is it, Numbers chapter 15, I think, yeah. the, the fellow who went out gathering sticks, It says, now if the man who acts presumptuously, I've got, and will not heed the priest uh, who stands to minister before the Lord your God, or the judge, that man shall die, so you shall put e- the evil away from Israel, and all the people shall hear and fear and no longer act presumptuously, Tobiah,
2: This is not very important. This is not to say that someone will say, look, from my viewpoint, my opinion, I, I don't think. This, first of all, talking about someone... That is an ish he's a man, and what he does is he actually says that the court itself their what they have rendered is in fact false, and it's a false court when it clearly isn't this person has gone up he has gone to war with the God of Israel. As we see seen in the Bible, and it'll come up, court mm. judges are called God. They represent
0: God's word on mm. earth. That's right. Now, this, uh, from verse 14, we often encounter the question, uh, is this a commandment to set a king over Israel? Because it says, when you come into the land in which the Lord your God has given you, and uh, possess it and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me, and you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord, whom the Lord your God, uh, chooses, one from among your brethren, you shall set as king over you and you uh, may not set a foreigner over you, um, who is not your brother, like uh, Herod, for example, but mm. he shall not multiply horses. Now, I'll continue on in a minute, but uh, of course, that takes us to, to the book of Samuel, yes. and God says Samuel uh, to 18. Samuel, he's upset, and he says, look, don't you be upset. It's me rejected. they've rejected. they rejected me from being king over them. They want, you know, a, a, a king like, uh, like the nations. Toby, what's going on? We have it all in the
2: delicious tire that you just want to put on your tongue and let the honey drip out. So the title, is actually a prophecy in here that to this. But, but obviously, the, first of all, so you know, the Book of Judges is essentially a book. It's many things, but the overarching, if you said, I had to pick one, ba-, it's to explain to you why you needed a king, and that's how the book ends. It ends with massive tragedies. Obviously, I'm thinking about the the, 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 the statue of Pesel Micha, the statue of Micha. I'm thinking about the the mm-hmm. Civil War, and obviously, mm-hmm. the, see, the Torah says that the Jewish people were going to come. What killed Samuel really was, an, and this is, by the way, 1 Samuel 8 and then 10. Uh, what Samuel's going is, like, why didn't you, like, ask for a king, like, who would make you more spiritual? Like, why, why didn't it be like all the other nations? So right. here we have, like, a prophecy. So if you look at the words carefully, that the Torah is actually prophesying, and you will say... So the tire is saying here that the fact you're gonna say, put upon us another king that will be ha-goyim, that is like all the other nations. This bothered Samuel a lot. He wanted at the first of all, obviously Samuel going we have one king. And Samuel is going, why do you have to imitate the nations? Why couldn't you just say that you wanted a king that will raise you up, that will make you higher? Why does it have to be like the nations of the world? And this is an allusion to that utterance. Samuel mm-hmm. was a person on a very high level. So, in fact, Samuel was Told, of course, he had to go anoint uh, Saul, which he did. We do see historically that uh, that we had great kings, great men of God. We had many mm. who led the nation astray, and this was an object disaster. And we're going mm. to see here what's played out over here. So, therefore, that's what bothered me. Like, you you you're like a guy in the world, you have one king. You don't want to be like them. And remember, incidentally, in the ancient world, kings were what they weren't just a king. They well, were demigods. They were demi. Forget demi. Take out demi. No demi. Really? And they, were they were gods. They were they were, they were man gods. Though. They were Caligula. They were Caligulas. These mm-hmm. were the. I mean, these were guys who are the object of worship. So you understand what does it mean? Like that? It doesn't mean oh every the, the, now everybody is shaving the hair off and having a green stripe in the middle. No, it, the right. nations. These are words are toxic. So, now, the key is that it's a beautiful circle, because if the... Na- this is what So the question is, why were they given a king if their motive or their utterance or their request was one that was imperfect? Because then it really means they're in big trouble, and they talk really need a king. This is what Samuel is made to find out. The nation, in fact, did need someone who is not just a central source of power, but as we're going to see right now, the king had to have a toy with them. And if the nation... That's why he has a strange relation... If you're Marta and you're going to say, let's put a king over us, that means you really need a doctor. It means you really need a hospital. That means you're really in trouble. You really do need a human king. So what happens is this is the struggle of Shual. I mean Shmuel. Shmuel, hmm. by the way, uh, cross-referencing. We're not going to go there, but Samuel and I'm in charge of the whole show, so whatever I say goes. <laughs> That's Samuel, uh, chapter eight, verse uh, chapter eight and chapter ten. Samuel was very concerned about this, but he wanted a king that would in fact inspire them and be nothing like the like the kings who were gods who will worship, who mm. the object of worship in right. Scripture. No, it was someone who would bring you to Hashem. And we're going to see here right now, what's about to come into view is, wait, if you want a king, not like you're asking people, you're asking to be like nations, but you want a king, and if you're asking for one, you probably need one, because it means you're really in a lot of trouble. But
0: it's going to be the one that God will, will yeah, point. Yeah, it
2: will point, and we have to make sure that what? Not that he looks like the other nations. That's done with. He's going to have tires. Right. His head. Now, he's going to He's not going to have a lot of horses. He's I know. I
0: know but doesn't doesn't this I mean one cannot help but think of Solomon as you read this well, because he says but he shall not help. he shall not <laughs> he shall not multiply horses for himself yeah. nor cause the people to return to Egypt to to multiply horses for the Lord uh, has said to you you shall not return that way neither shall he multiply wives you, for himself
2: right, 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 right by the way, way means, away
0: just so you know a little point Egypt was the exporter of horses like
2: today right. it's it, when Israel needs horses for the police they actually get them from Germany but mm-hmm. the key point is Egypt was the exporter of these powerful horses so if they need horses you have to deal with Egypt we don't want you dealing with Egypt this you know, is you know what
0: I found out this is something really weird this is just off the side I found out the other day that Australia is a major importer uh, exporter rather of, of camels to the Middle East can you believe it no that's one of the weirdest <laughs> things I've heard in a long time but apparently that's true is that, okay
2: is, is it camels commonplace walking around you see camels
0: they no, well, not 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 where I am, but out in the desert of Australia, and there's there's a lot of desert in Australia. They are running rampant, and it's just another one of those things that. Uh The I I guess the British brought over thinking it was a a good idea. Let's bring some foxes, some rabbits, and some camels, and they've just gone crazy, all of them.
2: Mm. Uh, Anyway, there there is I just my holy friends. This is all First Kings. You know, when we start off, First Kings is really Mm. all about Solomon. Even though Mm. David dies in the beginning of it, it really is about the inauguration of Solomon. And Solomon is like, who doesn't love Solomon? I'll just tell you this very thirty seconds. We, we, we When we get to chapter 10, we're going, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Because he, he's, he's uh, as it turns out in Jewish law, a king can only have up to 18 wives. Solomon had over 1,000 wives and concubines. Well, he had
0: wives and concubines. He had, had, had around 1,000. Yeah. That's now, right. Now,
2: what was Solomon doing? So, Solomon obviously, what Solomon... And it was his
0: wives that led him astray, right? Yeah.
2: It was the, the particularly, he married the daughter of Pharaoh, who was the which is the the one who stirred the pot, and was really had. I, it does not mean that sense. According to Jewish tradition, it's very obvious a, a prophet. And he wrote three books of the Bible. Was not bowing out the statues, but it was going on all around him, and he, he could not stop it because the terrorist said he thought Solomon. Like what was Solomon thinking? Solomon thought is he was given so much wisdom it won't affect him. Because look at the text. The text oh. says, don't go and have all these things why not because he can't have too many wives or the money intrinsically is evil but what will occur as a result of that is that your heart will be turned away that you'll become Mm. distracted you'll wind up Mm. in the wrong place Solomon's going well I have the intellectual requisite that this doesn't apply to me it's not Mm. that Solomon was, 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 was spitting at the Torah God forbid he was a great prophet but he thought that his gift uh, of being the wisest wisdom who would mm. ever live, it would not apply to him. As it turns out, we get to 1 Kings chapter 11 and then you just collapse. You go, what mm. happened? It's like reading 1 Samuel 25. You know, it, 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 you go, what happened to my King David? What, what happened to the guy I love? It, it, when you get to First Kings 11, mm. you're going, what happened? It's actually 10 and then 11, and you just mm. fly off the cliff. And it is, it's challenging. Reading the prophets is, uh, is a challenge. So the Torah is saying, don't do it. So it doesn't distract you. So look at this. There's nothing here about being like a king like other nations. No. The, the real reason you need a king is to unite the people. Not to, everybody should do what they want, walk in their own way. But the king should be the spiritual leader of the people, and that's. Who so generally David was a spiritual leader and he was the physical king,
0: Jason. Verse 18,
1: right? So, um, uh, if I look at the NOV, verse 18 is going to say, then uh, he takes the throne of his kingdom and he writes for himself a copy of the law. And uh, the New Living says, a copy of the law, the um, American Standard Version, write himself a copy of the letter of the law on a scroll, King James, copy of the, letter of the law. But when I look at the Hebrew for the text, I noticed that it says. Yeah. Two copies of, course, of the Torah, it's
2: Mishnah Torah literally. It means Mishnah Torah, like uh, a Mishnah, two pieces of bread. The, a second that's why Deuteronomy is called Mishnah Torah. Actually, that's the name of Deuteronomy. It's, this is the name of Deuteronomy. I mean, it's a review of so many laws. There are, I mentioned there are 200 laws in the book of Deuteronomy, approximately. Uh, only 80 of them are new. Uh, but Mishnah Torah means there were two Teres that kept one that was stored away and one that he kept with him. At all times was always
1: by his by his side. Always fascinating. Just, just wanted to double check that that was the case. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yes. I, I've always yeah. read that as he read he writes one Torah scroll, um, but the text there seems to infer that he writes two. Well, you know, it's the NIV,
0: so you know, the NIV has, <laughs> <Did I laughs> that? that's the really interesting. Oh, so thanks so, for bringing so, that out. Yeah. Okay. okay. So now uh, it, it continues on. It shall be. It'll be. It'll be with yes. him. He shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn uh, to fear the Lord, uh, his uh-huh. God, be careful to observe all the words of the Torah and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren. Now that reminds me, actually, uh, that Tobia of uh, Solomon's, Shlomo's son, Rehavam. Yes. Uh, he was someone whose heart was lifted above his brethren, yes. I, I would think. Yeah. And uh, that was his mistake, that he may not turn aside from the commands to the right hand or to the left, that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Chapter 18 continues on, talking about the uh, the portion of the priests and the Levites. Tobia?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the big one. Maybe we should read a little bit of here.
0: Well, this is, actually, you know what? I have a question for Jason. Here we mm-hmm. go. It says um, it, it says that uh, this is the, the priest's Jew. Uh, from the people, from those who offer sacrifice, whether it's a, a bull or a sheep, they shall give to the priest the shoulder, the cheeks, and the stomach. Does that mean? Does that mean they get the haggis? They get the? Uh, is that what that is?
1: Haggis is um, the lining of a sheep's stomach makes the coating of a haggis. But these people are probably talking about the yeah. tripe. I imagine this is the tripe. That's what a cow's tripe is.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So each of these are very Hazroya. Well, that means the right foreleg of the animal. What the people are doing is, when the kohanim are are in among the people, the people when they slaughter that. This is not talking about a sacrifice. Incidentally, this is talking mm-hmm. about a person slaughtering an animal. So kohen gets oh. three gifts because. There, these are three gifts that really pertain to his what he's contributed to the community. So, therefore, the coin, for example, receives the um, receives the right arm because it's with that right arm that he, he slaughtered the animal, you see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he receives the insides of the animal because the insides of the animal, the maw, whatever you want to call it, uh, mm-hmm. Is a is what the coin had to inspect. I remember when I worked in the slaughterhouse as I was uh, going through Did rabbinical you? school. Yeah, I well, really that, well, that's how we made money in rabbinical school. I mean, you could you can get a job in Seven Eleven selling Marlboros, but that's not what hey, we're So doing. You're,
0: you're telling me that you have actually slaughtered an animal?
2: No, 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 no. With every huh? a lot of okay. So that is requires special training. I decided not to go down that route, but mm-hmm. you are trained for your. Uh, ordination to slaughter sure. an animal, you're you're trained in the laws of it, but sure. actually, in order to become a ritual slaughter, you have to have a special smich or a special ordination or a special right. license, however you want to call. It. But we learned all the laws of shchita and mm-hmm. all the laws of of clean, koshering an animal and so on. One of the things that is done is that uh, after the animal is uh, is slaughtered and the blood drains and so on, we cover the blood, there's a blessing we make, Uh and then we cut open the sternum of the animal and we check its... We check to make sure it's healthy. Now, how yes. do you do a full post-mortem check? So we check the lungs. There are multiple lungs. We check that the the insides, that the, the organs are intact. They're clean. And that's what I did. So my job mm-hmm. was to stick my the, the animal's now on its back, right? Mm-hmm. And the sternum was opened up. Your hand goes inside. I'm mm-hmm. feeling the lungs. I'm letting them roll between my fingers. And mm-hmm. I'm feeling for any kind of abrasions. If there is an abrasion, if there is... What happens is, I'm not going to go into this, but when an animal gets, uh, it has a sick lung, which is indicative of a sick animal, all, by the way, the veal you're eating, they're all sick animals. There will be a membrane that will attach to the lung to cover over like a scab. A wounded lung. As Mm -hmm. soon as we feel that, the animal's not kosher. It's gone. It's sold to the non-kosher. It's sold to the, to the non, to the, to the non-Jewish market. Mm -hmm. And it's done. And then those that have a clean lung, that means it's a completely healthy Mm -hmm. animal. So then we pin it that it's kosher. Of course, the hind part is is uh, set as- is taken away is set aside, but uh, you know so you know oh. so that so yeah so we're inspecting it and therefore. All these animals are are uh, all these parts are given, you know. Whether they receive the the four legs because they they uh, the, the, the they did the shechita, they receive the cheeks because they are blessing the people, the blessing of the priests, and they're receiving yes. the insides because they check the insides to make sure that the animals are kosher animal. It's okay. a cleaner now. One now one thing, uh, healthy animals. It's more than just healthy. You know, I, I presume you know this. How do animals get sick? just think about this animals get sick because they and that's the only reason but animals get sick because they're poorly treated they are mm-hmm. tortured they're kept in cages and therefore they get they, you take an animal that's, that's made to roam free and go ahead stick it in a cage and, and a year later come back you're gonna have a sick mm-hmm. animal so mm-hmm. what this does it, it's sort of a side, it makes sure it ensures that you you will you will take care of the animal while it's alive because now that's you have right. an economic incentive because Right. And then you see, what happened to kosher veal? There is kosher veal. But you want to know something? The veal, the non-kosher veal, are sick, diseased animals. None of them would be kosher. We don't take them. The kosher mm-hmm. veal that you can get in a butch, in a, in a butch shop is, only means it's a very young animal, maybe most 10 months old. So they're mm-hmm. never abused. So it's, it's the wisdom of Hashem. The animal has to be healthy. It's not like we only eat healthy animals. It It forces people. It ensures that the animal was... Not is hot, raised, was raised and treated with compassion humanely all through his life. Which it, I am if it isn't, goodbye. And you know, right. you know, if you go to the store, what does it cost to buy a kosher steak versus non? Mm-hmm. Go look at the price difference and mm-hmm. see that. But you understand what you're getting. This is a gratitude that the people have to the kohen. He blesses them, cheeks, forearm. He slaughters their animals uh, and he checks their innards. Continue.
0: Verse nine: When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not follow the abominations of those nations. Uh, There shall be not found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire or anyone who practices witchcraft, anyone who is a soothsayer, uh, one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritualist or one who calls up the dead for all all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord your God drives them out from before you, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God, for these nations which you will dispossess listened <laughs> to soothsayers and diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you.
2: This is this is monumental. By the way, do you notice it says here what do the nations do? They put their children, their babies through the fire. What does it say that they put their, their grandparents through the fire? Well, the- the answer is that they always put babies. They never put rapists and and these people through the fire. You, but it's a forbid, By the way, this is forbidden for a non-Jew as well. Forbidden to go to a nomenclature. It's forbidden to go and and we see Saul gotten. You know, he was already in huge trouble at that stage. But the key is that all this kind of speaking to the dead is 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 forbidden. You can't go to a. They have a, a fortune tellers and so on. All that is absolutely forbidden. Now, the very delicious thing is we have to take a step back for a moment. Mm. And that is, why would someone do that? I mean, why would somebody uh, feel that they need someone to tell them the future? They need someone who would take the special because
0: Because God isn't talking to them. In the case of Saul, he was was isolated. God refused to speak to him. And he's like, I've got to find out. So, he went to a spiritualist, went to a medium. So,
2: listen. So, my whole, this is beautiful. So, so the, you understand what John just said, and he just said something intelligent. Don't think it's so simple. To, <laughs> that's not. <it's> a, <laughs> So, this the end is what causes. You, you see, we could say don't do these things, obviously. Mm. But the Torah then says, Kindleuch, how do you get rid of this addiction? How do you get rid of this stupid cigarette that will kill you? The Torah says the reason why you're going to these people is because you're not going to God. But if Tom is totally connected to that, if you really, totally, not just with God perfectly, but you relied on Hashem, and you're going to see in a moment, the relying on God and trusting in God. Mm. If you're doing that, then what do you have to go? Who is going to a guy? He says, pick a card. Okay, I'm going to have a... You know. So obviously you do that. but put your hope in Hashem. He is the only source. Don't be mm. afraid. We're going to see in Deuteronomy 20. Be not afraid. The Lord mm-hmm. thy God is with you. So This, mm. the, this is the tomtiyah. That means if you were with God, if your faith was completely in God, what are you going to? Some guy down the street, Lady down the street, Smoking a cigarette, waiting there for you to for you to put a whole bunch of cards in front of you, which is mm. forbidden. Mm.
1: Can I ask a quick a uh, quick question? Um, yes, please. It might might be a difficult question. When I see images of people praying at some of the bigger um, burial sites in Israel, say at David's mm. tomb, am I seeing people praying to David, or am I seeing people God, people it. using that spot to pray from? Oh.
2: Now, this is
1: very important. That's a very brilliant question. Excellent. I actually
2: yeah. did a, uh, there's a video on YouTube where I discussed the whole thing about praying uh-huh. at the graves. We see it in the Bible and say so that people did pray at the graves. When a person goes to David's tomb on Mount Sinai, we're, we're going to be there. When we go, mm, to, we, we'll, we'll be by many tombs. Uh, there are no tombs in the Old City. No no one's allowed to be buried there because it had to be sterile. But the key point is, we, when we go to a tomb. What obviously it does, if you've been to the tomb of the patriarchs, we'll be going there in Hebron, I can't wait. Mm. It says, it, what we're doing is, what, what's going to happen, and you will feel it, see it, touch it, understand it, is it reminds us of Abraham and Yitzhak. Of course when we're at the grave of the holy of the holy great men of God. What it does, it, it lifts us up because we think about their career and their example. And then we say, Taco, who Ah, I can pray to you and I'm reminded of of Abraham, I'm reminded of Isaac, I'm reminded mm. of, of Jacob and so on. That's why we go to the tombs. We don't go to the tombs because we're praying to a dead person. And anyways, the the, the, the per, Abraham is his body is buried there, but his body's there for the resurrection. His soul is up with Hashem His soul's not sitting there at the tomb. We go to the tomb in ulthrum because it is the place where we could most viscerally Sense uh, the, this personality, and then apprehend how the great teachings that we that inspired us from this person, and then we pray to God. It's forbidden to pray to the dead.
0: Oh. So another very popular. Thank you for that. Another very popular uh, question around this uh, part of the the Torah, Tobia is: Are we allowed to derive? pleasure from fiction about these kind of you know witchcraft uh, uh mediums uh, uh spiritualists all that sort of stuff are we are we allowed to um indulge in uh, novels for example or uh television programs whatever it may be any kind of entertainment that uh specifically deals with these themes is that
2: so the Torah calls us an abomination The terror tells us uh be holy for the lord thy god is holy mm-hmm. and therefore it's it's like the question of well is there a prohibition against pornography well the, the point is that you know i'm not actually with it but the point is that when a person is reading these things if it's a good book i i've not read read harry potter but i imagine that it sold a gazillion books so it must be very interesting what happens is a great book brings us into that world, into that world of idolatry. And the Torah is saying something interesting. You know, the Torah, when it comes to idolatry and a few other sins... Tells us it's an abomination. Run away from it. Notice mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be necessary. One third say it's forbidden. End. The saying the whole thing reeks. Stay away from it. Uvi book of the words. Cut it out. It's a cancer. What does the cancer mean? If you don't cut it out from your midst, what will happen? What will happen is it will spread and it will lead to sin to the next, the next sin. So therefore, mm-hmm. these things are forbidden. I say to you, I really do. This is not. When I was in the nineteen sixties, we had "I Love Lucy." My father knows best. Those are nice little TV shows. Today, if you love your children, throw your television out the window.
0: Ah, beautiful!
2: Really, I mean it. If yep. you, if you really, if you want to destroy your children, you really do. Mm bring home a television and s- take the television set throw it out the window mm. and save your children from spiritual death mm. it's killing them it's destroying them
0: I, you know Toby, i'm going i, I I'm, we're upsetting a lot of people I so care. but I, but i'm just going to say i agree with you 100% on that and uh, it was it was more than 10 years ago that i pulled the plug uh, and i just i don't regret it and i and i know for a fact that my boys are just so um, they have benefited from that, that one action if, in, uh, if, in in unmeasurable ways. If you
2: want to know why your kid is calling you names and won't listen to you and thinks he's smarter than you, go ahead watch The Simpsons. Watch whatever Family Guy, Shmamily Guy, all these crazy – this comes in through the back door. It's like it's waiting behind the door. In the old days, it was father knows best. Those were the old TV shows. I don't know if they had in Australia, but they, it was that today. What do you see in all these cartoons? The father and the mother are idiots, and the children are smarter. That's all they. That's all that's being inculcated into their brain. All you're doing is that all these shows are teaching them sin and what they're mm-hmm. teaching them is look at all the characters you don't have any more like in the 50s and 60s that the parents were wise and the father's the one who had compassion and understanding no the the the, the lisa whatever her name is that little yenta she is a genius and the father's a complete idiot and mm-hmm. therefore that's what they're going to walk around Save your children today. Save them. Now, I don't say, go get Uncle Moshe videos. Go get DVDs that are Torah videos and have your children watch that and fill their minds with that, not with this filth, not with
0: this Be in control of what they watch. Be in control of what they watch. That's right. All right, let's let's move on. Jason, we did a program. We did a program about the next verse. Boy, it was popular. What was it called? It was called... uh, a prophet greater than Moses? Question mark we had at the end of that. Mm. Uh, the verse is, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, uh, from your brethren. Him you shall hear according to all uh, that you desire of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day uh, of the assembly saying let me not hear again the voice of the lord my god nor let me see this great fire any more lest i die and the lord said to me what they have spoken is good i will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and i will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak uh, to them all that i command him and it shall be that whoever will not hear my words which he speaks in my name i will require it of him uh We've spoken about this before, and uh, but here we are. This is this is where it is. Deuteronomy chapter fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Uh, these are the verses, Jason. So,
1: th- there's a few ways of looking at this. I mean, we could um, we could say that this means one prophet. Um, so who is who is that prophet? And but if it only means one prophet, if it does only mean one prophet, then there's absolutely no use for um 21 22 right there's no no need for the test because if there's only going to be one and you know, if if a guy says um tomorrow you know um i'm gonna bring a parcel round to your house tomorrow and i'll be like, okay so the parcel comes i don't need to check it i'm only expecting one parcel i'll just take it but if um a series of parcels are coming and i don't know which one is for me i might want to check if my name's on the box and what 22 and twenty-three, oh, sorry, 21 and 22 do, do, does is it makes you check that that person is meant for you. Um, and the other way of looking at it, so the other way of looking at that is um, that, so you've got the option of one person. And if I'm going to go the one person route, then Joshua seems to be the only person that. Mm. Mirrors Moses in a lot of things. He takes the people through the water. He has a, he has a, a great, um, reputation with, um, God. The most important thing I think is that Moses actually gives him the job. I mean, that's mm. a standout yeah. thing right there. Um, but yeah. I, I tend to look at this that it's a, uh, just in the same way that I can go into a field and see a sheep and I can see some sheep. I think when I read prophet here, I'm looking at a group. I'm looking at a constant line of prophet um from one prophet to another prophet to another prophet that in every age up to a certain point there's always someone there to try and pull israel back and show them um where the mistakes are and where they should be pointing um but yeah i just wanted to point out that we we often just read that part but by by missing the end the test we're we mm. kind of um missing the bigger picture that we should always question um, what we're hearing and make sure that the message we're hearing is is uh, on target with what we've learned already. Mm.
0: Very yeah. good. So, Toby, I'm looking at uh, Joshua, oh, look, chapter 4, verse 14. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses That's all right. the days of his life.
2: Toby. Hashem is so delicious in Hebrew. That God made Joshua great and they looked upon him, which means that now they look to him the way they look to Moses this whole thing. Mm-hmm. One other passage I just want to read it to you because it makes you it, it makes just Deuteronomy thirty, let's stay in the Torah so there can be no question, so that you can come down and say, You know, Hashem, I love you. I accept you with everything. The this is Deuteronomy thirty four nine, the Yeshua ben Nun, this is one passage, and Yeshua the son of Nun ruach, he was full Chachmo. He had the spirit of wisdom upon him. By the way, it should sound like the mashiach also. Ki mm-hmm. why? Ki somach Moshe s yadavol because Moshe placed his hands upon him. and the people of Israel listen to him. And I'm going to add in brackets Joshua, because that's who we're talking about. By And they did exactly they heeded to him just as they did to Moses. You have openly a passage here that demonstrates that immediately we're going to Joshua. Joshua is gonna pass us on. There'll be many other great prophets of Israel, but that's who this passage is speaking of They're brilliant. Absolutely. Oh, that so, was a great that was very, very insightful. Um
0: and so So Joshua chapter one, verse sixteen as well. It says they answered Joshua. Was saying, all that you command us, uh, we will do, and and whatever you, uh, uh, wherever you send us that is where we will go. Just as we hated Moses in all things, so we will also hate you, and uh, so and so it goes. I, I want so, one,
2: one tiny commentary, only because it comes with so much, it must be needed a drop, which, and this will take 48 seconds. Therefore, when people ask the question, how do we know who's a true prophet and who's a false prophet, we can, now, we can now have two passages a harmony of Deuteronomy 13, which tells us that the message... Has to be identical to scripture. He can't add to the law, take away, follow other gods didn't know, even if he's doing miracles that are perfect, mm-hmm. come out perfectly. And here we see now we have a, a layer two. So this will tell you how the Jewish people recognize the true prophet. He had to, he can't add, take away. There's no, no there's no new commandment in jeremiah number two is that when a prophet was it was foretold something would happen and he in the miracle and it didn't happen or he wasn't able to then you know he's also a false prophet notice mm-hmm. that's second and we mm-hmm. do have in the time of Tyre, by the way there were times i'm not going to go into it there were prophets who became corrupt and we find that in jeremiah 27 there were there were prophets who went off thing and said things that weren't the case and weren't mm-hmm. and had, had deviated from its Torah is warning us about this. So these are the two things. The prophet number one. By the way, I'll tell you a crazy thing. If you look at Deuteronomy thirteen verse one in a in in a Jewish Bible, it begins by saying that look. First thing, no one can add anything to it. No one could take anything away from the Torah. The law is forever. No one could diminish from the law. And then, and then it goes on to explain us more about the false prophet. Another message. You know what the Christian Bibles do with that? You wouldn't believe it. Now look it up on your own. We don't have time now. The, the, what the church did was they didn't want that to be part of the message of how you identify a false prophet. Someone would say you don't have to keep the law anymore. You'll notice that Deuteronomy thirteen one in a Jewish Bible. By the Christian Bible is shoved oh, at squid. the end of verse it's 12, oh, but they push it back to 12. Why? They bury it at the end of 12. They don't want that to be an identifying mm, feature. They separate post- it. Problem. Yeah. So I, I, look it up for yourself. If it's a Jewish Bible, 13, one verse twelve says, don't add to the title, take away. But we have Paul all over. They don't like that. Mm. Bang, smack, at the end of chapter 12. Anyways, let's <laughs> move on. I, 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 I chapter make, 19. Look it up
0: for yourself, babies. Chapter nineteen deals with the uh, the cities of refuge. Now I find this really interesting. Let's do this in a nutshell if we can. But uh, city of refuge. Now this passage gives us a hypothetical. We don't have. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know there are many hypotheticals in uh, in the Torah, but we have one here, and it's in verse five. As when a man goes to the woods with his neighbour to cut timber, and his hand swings a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree and the head of the axe slips from the handle and strikes his neighbor so that he dies mm-hmm. he shall flee to one of the cities of refuge tobia quickly
2: yeah so what we have here is a person who acted recklessly the torah goes on to say that this is a person who he didn't know he never met before so, so he's not a, he's not a murderer he's you, a he's i've got well, here a manslayer. Fact, we just i'm just backing up for one verse cuz mm. the verse is setting up there's it, it, look which means We know that this person didn't even know this guy, so that's very critical. There's no, so we know this is a complete accident. So therefore, you had you have the commandment that you have to have ore miklot, and the ore miklot is a place that a person here. The key point is the following: a person is fastens an axe to the handle. Or and it the head goes off, the axe goes off while he's chopping wood, and but he's irresponsible. Clearly, he should have been more careful to attach mm-hmm. the axe head to the handle. Mm-hmm. So what is this like a manslaughter? This is a reckless mm-hmm. with reckless indifference. Is probably how this would be in American law. So the key is that terrorist says that he you have to make for yourself cities. Of refuge because the man is culpable. He is not culpable to the extent as a murderer, because, but, in in what will happen is he is called a murderer because they're going, meaning, he, he the family might go after him, a family might go to kill him. So, therefore, it's very important that you have the terrorists commanding us that you have to have a city's three cities on the eastern side of the jordan it's gonna be another three cities on the western side of the jordan river and these are places that you'll go and incidentally you'll see here the next is actually messianic uh god will expand your boundaries vastly like he told your father you had
0: three more
2: cities yeah uh yeah so then, what happens with it how can go? This is really such deep stuff here, but I, time won't well permit it. But the key point is: this is the the interesting point. This is ex- very similar to the carbon cartas, The un the sin sacrifice for unintentional sins. Mm. Clearly, the person did not intend. Tend to kill kill the other person but that's he's it. culpable it's not an accident this is very important an accident or some violent shabbos and they just like tripped over I don't know someone left a toy on the floor falls over and you full on top mm. of the light switch mm. that's not a sin but it means that there is some sense of recklessness and carelessness and mm. therefore these kinds of sins you don't punish the person personally but you have to drive the message home to the guy that you know what you 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 are culpable to some extent. Therefore, you had to live in the city of refuge until the high, right. until the priest died, and then he was allowed to live in this. Sense that, go, yeah. yeah, but if a person uh, kills someone intentionally, there's no is this
0: is there's, there's no city of refuge. Oh, no, he's, of he's, course he's, not. He's, that's, that's right. So it goes on to say in verse 14: Don't don't remove your neighbor's landmarks. Talks about boundary marks there, which the men of old have set, uh, and then it talks again. We revisit the concepts of uh, two or three witnesses. Uh, And it talks about uh, the law concerning witnesses. Now, an interesting thing here, Tobia, uh, last verse of of chapter 19, your eye shall not pity, uh, life shall be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Now, this, again, if I may, brings us back to uh, the New Testament, Matthew (laughs) chapter (laughs) 5. I can hear you going, oh, are you you kidding? Matthew, no, I go, uh, uh, verse 38, because it says, uh, we've got Jesus here saying, uh, you know, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I will tell you to not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him. So, he's basically saying if someone plucks out your right eye, give him your other eye also. What What is this doing to the Torah?
2: Okay, this is adding to the Torah. It's not just adding... I think, because if I said that, it would really be a disservice to the listener. People often think of this is, by the way, incidentally five and six of Matthew, the Sermon of the Mount. So, number one, it's Matthew is very interested in setting up Jesus as the uber Moses, the super Moses. But now, on one on a superficial level, he's of course adding to the law, and we see this throughout the Sermon of the Mount, which he's saying, "Look, if you feel adultery in your heart, so then it's as if you did it. If you're angry, it's as if you killed him." In, this is not just an added commandment. That's not an added commandment. That is heresy because, in fact, it's the opposite. If you're mm-hmm. angry, it's, imagine for a moment you're angry. Someone really has wronged you. If you're listening to this show, I'm sure... There are people who really hurt you deeply. And I'm guessing that perhaps the people who have hurt you the most in your life are the people closest to you, not strangers. And maybe you thought sometimes, you know, I wish he was hit by a bus. Every Jew has somebody a list of people they wish were hit by a bus. So, the, But the key point, on a serious note, the key point is that if you're angry, I'm so angry, but the God of Israel commanded me. Imagine if you can get away with it and not be caught, never go to prison. But Hashem commanded me not to kill, I won't do it. This lady who I'm meeting, this man who I'm meeting on a conference, is very handsome, she's very attractive, very beautiful. She's a married woman. I would, my wife will never find out about it. My husband will never know a thing. He's married, he'll never say a word, no one will. Hashem, and I would like to, but, so, mm. but I won't do it. So I'm asking you, and I'm asking you, if you are a Christian listening to this show, if someone is in, in in at a convention in 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 Denver, and and he goes, you know what? But I'm not going to do it because God command told me it's sin, and I'm going to mm-hmm. resist that. Is that person committed adultery, or is that person righteous in the eyes of God? You know righteous. the answer. Ah. So I, what I want to show you is when, Ray, when when Rebecca had two children in her womb, and they were fighting. It's not they were fighting because. Christianity is not just like it's Judaism plus. It isn't. It is the opponent of Torah. It's the enemy of God. It is opposed by the prophets of Israel. Everything you taught. I know it seems like it's couched in nice terms and so on. If you're angry, then it's like you killed the person. No. If you're angry and you resist it. If you're alone and you could commit the sin, but you resist the temptation, you're much greater. When God told Abraham, go. He said, go, go or bring your child for a sacrifice, if he had told him, go make them a bar mitzvah, go have him put on braces, there'd have been no test. The key is, it was very attractive. Was, you know, David, Abraham could have said to God, look, I just gave him braces, it cost me a lot of his teeth. He didn't do that. He got <laughs> up in the morning. So the point is, he's, the test is only meaningful for Job because there was a reason for him to follow his friends, or the reason for him right. to follow his heart and curse God. He didn't. So that means the Sermon of the Mount is a... Is is going to war with the God of Israel. It's saying that the person who is righteous, who resists the temptation, is is sinful. That's what we're told, Matthew. Now, the reason there's another Adelaide, I have to do this, there is see there 's a big mistake that many Christian scholars make, and they say that matthew and paul there 's this line if Matthew and Paul were ever left in the room alone, they would kill each other, only one guy would come out alive nonsense mm-hmm. what that is so and they, all, all the scholars say that, and they 're wrong they're totally wrong. Matthew and Paul would get drunk together, because this is perfect. What is being set up? If I tell you that if you feel lust in your heart, if you feel temptation, it's as if you did it. What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you Romans chapter 3. You can't do it. Because if that, in fact, is the standard of sin, just having the desire, mm. then in fact all of us are guilty. And that's it. So, Matthew is, works perfectly with Paul. I, I don't know why these New Testament scholars, I mean, some of them have a lot of respect for, but But they think, like Matthew and Paul, there's tension there. Obviously, they're not fundamentalist Christians. They wouldn't say that. This Matthew, Sermon of the Mount, is saying you can't do it. Because if, in fact, it's the temptation that condemns you, as if you did it already, then then all of us can go home. All of Mm. us can sign off. All of us need something else that's clearly not laid out in the tire.
0: That's the key Mm. point. That's right. So uh, chapter twenty is where we are, and we're talking about the laws of uh, warfare. And it's all—it's it's basically ah, saying, it's know, "So good, when, so good. when you go into battle he and you see so. the enemy, and they've got the tanks, and they've got the missiles, and they've got all of these ones, there's so many of them, oh. and you—and you—you start to get scared. Don't be scared. Don't be—don't be terrified, because the Lord your God goes with you to fight for you against your enemy to save you. However, Tobia, yeah. it's kind of a funny passage because it goes on to say. When the officers uh, shall speak to the people, saying, "What man is there who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Dedicated it. Let him go and, uh, and return to his house, lest he die in battle." And we have a few examples of this. It says, "Lest he die." You know, if he if he's planted a vineyard and he hasn't tasted the wine, if he's if he's just been married uh, and, and or he's betrothed to a woman and has not been married yet. He should go back lest he die. Well, yeah. why Why is it a possibility people, that he's going to die? Because
2: we, as people, we become distracted... If we have built the program and never completed it yet. If we built the house but all we're doing is we want to complete and finish it. If we have fallen in love with a woman, and by the way, what it's describing here is it, it in our time a wedding happens at once. But in biblical times, in temple times, uh, a man was betrothed to a woman, she uh, and then a year later she was called an Ar- uh, anarusa. A year later they lived together. So in that uh-huh. year period, they're really fully married, but they have never tasted Love. They would never enjoy the marital relationship. So therefore, that person cannot be in the battle. That person has to be out of the battle because they didn't complete this area. Life it will distract. It will take away, and they have to complete their thing. And of course, mm-hmm. if a person has fear on the battlefield, get away. This is, by the way, what is read often when the Jew, when Israeli soldiers go into battle. That you have to be stronger. For, because if you have one weak person in the in, in war, meaning a person who's frightened, there's two elements here that are being conveyed. Number one, it will spread. If he expresses his doubts and fears, it will obviously become uh, like a plague where it will instill fear in the hearts of others. Number two is if a person feels like, oh, yeah, I've done such terrible things, God is not with me, then that person, God is not going to do miracles for him in the battlefield. And it's better that a person really stays away because that can injure the entire person. Project that's very critical here, okay. and, and and so therefore, this is made here clearly. He yeah. says it's really very beautiful. And uh, Don't be afraid, I know a rain is rising against you. Don't be afraid, don't hold back, don't do anything. Don't, don't, Hashem is with you. Who is the person you know, you know, who's it? so on that? And that's very critical. This will come up in scripture many times. Ah, uh, and then th- there's a passage I, I, I. I I know I'm jumping Please. over here
0: but in verse 10 is very important this is mm. big 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 because when, when you go when you go so it says when you go near it to a city to fight against it and uh, then proclaim an offer of peace to it the first like, so, you, okay. so you say look yeah. let's not fight you you, yeah. you you subject yourself to us uh, it's all good this we won't is, go to this war this is
2: very big because all the uh, what's his name Sam Harris and all this go mm-hmm. oh they just went in and killed everybody. it's not what happened at all what happened was that the, the, you actually have to give them time. You have to give them time yep. to talk it over and so on. Yep. It means yeah. when, when, when the Jews came into the land of Israel, and whenever they engaged them, they, the, the enemy was given choices. And they were given choices. Um, number one, you want, we can have peace. Now, peace doesn't mean 2 state side-by-side solution. Forget, that's not what it means. It means that you're willing to be a part of the Jewish nation, not as a Jew, but you are playing paying a tribute. And the key is, you, are, you know that you're recognizing a Jewish state. If you notice what's going on with the PLO today, is they're going... Well, peaceful. we will never accept that it's called Jewish state mm. you I don't have to tell yep. you this this is a little Wow. So, yes, yeah. Yeah, so that's the key, is it? What does it mean? So, the key is it's saying that they have to recognize that they're living in a Jewish state. They have to recognize the fact that they have to keep the Torah and not become a, a Geritoshav in the land. There are some tragic events I'm not going to go into now in the prophets where uh, Joshua's tricked kind of and misled into trusting people in this, but we're not going to go there. But the key point is they were given time, they were given a few days to think it over and so on. If they're going to war, with the people of israel they're going with the people of israel as it turns out also they use their children and their women as as part of the war as human shields and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. blowing up so so but the key is first of all they would give the good they actually fled they ran you can leave you want to worship your idols the this is a very critical point the land cannot tolerate sin the land of israel cannot tolerate sin now i'll show you this if you remember in Going back to uh, Genesis chapter fifteen sixteen, God said to Abram, Your children will go down to Egypt, will be strangers there, and they will then go into the land. They can't go and now why? Because the sin has not yet been filled up mm. for those who are there. See, that's what pe- people are just. They're reading Sam Harris. He, he has a PhD in biology, or brain biology from but he's, he he doesn't study this. So the, it's so asymmetrical. The key is that a person is the, the they're saying, you have all these choices. You want to live among us? Fine. There's a Jewish state, number one. Two is worship the God of Israel. Or, if you want to, this filth cannot go on here. Now you say, well, it doesn't really sound nice. It sounds like this genocide... Genocide is baloney. Who 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 suffered more in that land? Who was expelled from the land more? The Canaanites or the Jews? Who mm-hmm. suffered more in the land of Israel? The Jebusites and the Jews. My friends, you don't have to think about it for a second, that the land threw out the Jewish people when they sinned, and we were thrown mm-hmm. out again and again. No one suffered more in the land of Israel when the Crusaders came in in 1099 and burned, took every Jew and put them in a the synagogue and burnt them alive. So the key is nudge, that the land cannot tolerate sin barakash thank god the land now is full of tired full of things you're going to see things in the holy land it's going to blow your mind away but i'm telling you the land is full of things but the land is incompatible in china is a different boat china they want to go worship uh, sushi fine did not in the land of Israel. The land of Israel has to be right. pure.
0: So, uh, so just very briefly, because we're going to talk about this uh, in a bit more detail in uh, the next Torah portion next week. But it does say, uh, "Those that are far away." It says, "Thus you shall do to all the cities which are far away from you, um, which are not of the cities of these nations." Meaning, uh, you can offer them a, a, you know, offer them peace first. If not, you can go to war. You kill all the males, but every, everything else—the females, the children, the, the livestock—everything you can take. But not so. With these, uh, with the uh, these Canaanite uh, dwellings, that you should utterly destroy them for the abominations that they have committed. Jason,
1: yeah, just quickly, that's because these nations are the nations that they are going to take and live in. So that when it says these nations god's talking about the nations that israel is going to take over and so they're not Mm. going to be sharing them with anyone or even any of the kids i mean that's like we're taking everyone out um so that so that the the israel as a nation isn't seduced by its um co-inhabitants there's no no co-inhabitants these are nations which israel will have as neighbors they're the ones which will get the option so, I just wanted to state that quickly.
2: Just- Bless you. That's exactly what the Torah says, verse 18. Laman, why shall I lamb do eschem? Because they shall not teach you lassoes that you shouldn't do God for all the abominations they do to, that they bring to their yep. gods and their their unimaginable sins that, uh, that against the Lord their God that's exactly and, what chases the message is straight in the and Torah. right
0: here uh, in the last couple of uh, verses of of twenty uh, it's interesting it says it's basically saying you know when you besiege a city don't be cutting down trees that make food don't do that there's a Torah against that don't do it right
2: and also the other thing. We don't rely on miracles, and there shouldn't be vestigial miracles, and you take care of the land, and the land is not going to mm. teach you, you know, well, a, an, an apple tree and an orange tree is not, and a day tree is not going to teach you to worship wood and stone, is not going to teach you to take your babies and put them in fire. Mm. So therefore, these, these things, you should, you should eat and enjoy them. These trees should. are, now the key point about trees is, why is a tree different than monuments, we know the answer, whereas monuments will remind us of all the uh, of the idol worship, mm. right all these monuments too a tree a fruit tree is from Hashem. The only exception, of course, is we know we have been told again, oh, that the only be careful that the that the Asherah tree or the
0: trees that were mm. actually worshiped as idols, those have to be destroyed completely yeah. The last thing that we have in our Torah portion is one of three things that I find really curious. We've spoken about the other ones. That is, of course, uh, the law of uh, leprosy, and uh, we've done that. In Leviticus, the law of uh, uh, the jealous uh, law of jealousy, the, um, the the spirit of jealousy on the husband. That's also uh, particularly curious. This is another one of those um, for me. It says um, uh, this is the law of the unsolved unsolved murder. I guess mm-hmm. I can say if anyone is found slain lying in the field in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess, and it's not known who killed him, then your elders and your judges shall go out. And measure the distance from the slain man to the surrounding cities. And it shall be that the elders of the city nearest to the slain man mm. will take a heifer, which has not been worked and has not pulled with a yoke. And the elders of that city shall bring the heifer down to the valley flowing with water, uh, which is neither plowed nor sown. And they shall break the heifer's neck there in the valley. And then the priests, the son of Levi, shall come near uh, for the lord your god has chosen them to minister to him and to bless uh, the name of the lord by their word every controversy and every assault shall be settled mm. and all the elders of that city nearest to the slain man shall wash their hands over the heifer whose neck was broken in the valley and they shall answer and say our hands have not shed this blood nor have our eyes seen uh, the, nor have I, our, our eyes seen it provide atonement o lord for your people Israel, whom you have redeemed, and do not lay innocent blood to the charge of your people Israel, and atonement shall be provided on their behalf for the blood, so you shall put away the guilt of innocent blood among you when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord. That's, it is particularly curious. Uh, Tobia. Uh,
2: yeah, the story is, the, this is called, this is the mitzvah of Egla Arufah. Uh, a, a person has been murdered. They find a corpse. A person has been blundered hmm. to death. He's yeah. not in a city in particular, but he is out in the field. The Sanhedrin, no yeah, there's no witnesses, there's no evidence, there's no beginning, we don't know where this, who did this. But we do know something. We do know that somebody was traveling and he was unescorted. And it's not only that, the, notice the words of the, so what happens is, first of all, the Sanhedrin comes, the great court comes, and they met and they say, "Which city is this closest to and mm. then the elders of that city have to come and they they of course say that w- they have to say that we did not um they have to say we do not know who sl- to, who killed this person we didn't even know anything we didn't we didn't even know he was coming or going we didn't know anything so the question is if they are completely innocent, then mm. the next passage seems to make no sense and so what are they atoning for? if they didn't know anything. But the answer we know, my friends, is the following, that they should have known. The answer is that when a person is coming in and out of a city, you know that many, I'll just give you an example, many synagogues, in my synagogue, when a new member comes in, everybody goes over to them, I introduce them to the community. This is, of course, the microcosm of it, but the the there is a responsibility, even though you didn't know, but the not knowing itself is a is a shortcoming there is sin in not knowing what do you mean you didn't know you didn't care about the stranger the Torah is full of that Watch out, take care of the wayfarer. In fact, in Jewish law, when a person leaves your home, you can't just let them walk out the door. You have to walk them at least about eight uh, four amos, which is let's say almost two feet. So it's eight feet. You have to walk the person out. You have it's a Halvo. You have to um you have to accompany a person who's leaving. You have to walk them out of your house. You're not allowed to, if someone visits your home, you're not allowed to say, Goodbye at the door it 's forbidden to do that, so therefore, we have multiple layers here. number one, they have to say we had nothing to do with this. It, one more thing that 's important is, and Maimonides brings this down this is a very elaborate, a very elaborate uh, uh, ritual that goes on here. The purpose of this built into this is that it will this is, is you i mean imagine living somewhere in Israel and all the the courts come down the elders of the city the leader. this is this is front page this is headlines hmm. what that does it sends out a voice it becomes more publicly known like in america it said if you know who killed this person please call this number so there is in this a massive major ritual a way of getting the word out but let's just take this molt. there are three levels here number 1 We don't know who the murderer is. Okay. Two is the Zikenim, the elders of the community, are saying... We, we, we have no idea. Our eyes didn't see. There's not an extra word that's going on here. It means we, we weren't. But then, this is a question of. Uh, you should have been paying attention to the people going in any community. Your community should have had uh, uh, people who are dedicated. The cities did. The cities are supposed to have people who are dedicated to make sure welfares, t- wayfarers are taken care of, who are escorted out of the city. And this is now once again. Here's an, another example. Example number. 500 of when you have any kind of sacrifice any kind of sacrifices of any kind the, the key is it 's not intentional sin, but you, you, you should have really been on top of the case that 's the third level our eyes didn 't see but that itself is a problem, and therefore they have something to atone for. They should have been on top of the community. they should have been watching who 's going in and out. Wafers should have been escorted out of the community
0: now by the way, this is uh, it 's just occurred to me i mean the the, the heifer 's neck is broken, but the heifer 's blood is not shed.
2: Yes, this is not this is this is to shock the people to, people might forget because remember that a corpse has to be buried immediately right away mm-hmm. the, the, the How often is it that we may read about a murder and but it 's just words, so having something done so that 's so violent this is not mm-hmm. a sin offering. This is not a carbon, but having no. something so violent sends home that that, that something terribly sure. violent has
0: occurred here. But this, in addition to that, in addition to that, Jason, this is another example, is it not, of a uh, an atonement that is made without the shedding of blood?
1: Yeah. Although I have a question because I've read many of them. They do. They uh, they have the similar um, translation to the one you've read. But I've also read that um, they should decapitate, and so I'm I'm curious. In verse 4... Um, they Where should it says bit- to break the neck. Right. It's actually got decapitate in a couple of um, versions, and I'm curious as to which one is the right one, decapitate you or break neck. How do you yeah, read it, so, uh, it's
2: not, They should take... Well, what it says really is they should take... Uh, really break the neck, and they should take an axe, basically, to the back of the animal's neck in the valley in a very... In a very rough place. That's what we're told. Ah, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. It means that this is a, a really a very violent... A very violent thing. Again, um, why do we have to do it in a place where nothing grows? Why do we have to do this in a place that's barren? Why do we have to do it in a place that people wouldn't mm. farm? The answer is that uh, we're going to a place that no one is seeing. People don't tra- traverse. Again, it's a reminder of this: was the sin. Person's traveling. Mm. You didn't take care of him. He's going through a place and no one could see the murder. We have no witnesses. Why didn't someone care enough to escort the person? Why didn't your eyes see? Now, again, these people are not culpable of murder by any stretch, but the zikanim, the elders of the community, are culpable in some sense that their eyes didn't see. What do you mean? But why didn't you? If you're a rabbi of a synagogue and there's a new face comes in, you should welcome them. There are many congregations, now Of course, there's many congregations that have a committee, and in fact the halacha is, Every city had to have a committee that was responsible for wayfarers and make sure they had escorts going in and out of the city. What do you mean you didn't mm. know? You're, not, you're, you're put in charge. doesn't mean just old people who walk with, with canes. You're the person who's the over-city community. Now, bear in mind, of course, this is deeply connected to the fact that we're talking about elders of a city. They're responsible and so on. So here, there is culpability. And the mm. culpability is our eyes didn't see. Your eyes didn't see. You have to, you have to, you, you have to, um, you have to, there's something to be repented for. There is sin, sin is not murder, the sin is not uh, manslaughter, it's not reckless, and mm-hmm. it is that you just did not take care of the wayfarers. And that okay. itself has to be dealt
1: with. Jason, any parting thoughts, my friend? Oh, I think we should finish on nine, and you shall abolish the shedding of innocent blood from among you, for you shall do what is proper in the eyes of the Lord. So mm-hmm. it is when it says abolish the shedding of innocent blood, um, are, are we talking about um, I mean, supposing this this guy turns up, right? And he and uh, it's found out that somebody actually went and killed this guy. What happens to him? Is he is he led off because um, yes, this yes, because if, if, paid the if, price.
2: No, 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 no. He will be punished in heaven. A court, a Jewish court, cannot execute someone without witnesses. That right. that will not happen. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that he will be made the next rabbi of the synagogue. Obviously, right. this is probably someone who's going to have to do a little uh, being. Uh, so, uh, he who's gonna have to do a little bit to recover his reputation. But right. the key point is that no, a person like that cannot be put to death without witnesses. He could be isolated. I mean I might as well tell you a king did have the power to have a a jail system, a person to keep them away from the community. They didn't have they had those kinds of powers that they did not uh, they could not. A court could not put someone to death without witnesses, and the witnesses had many, many laws associated with the. Uh, one of. Uh, do you have a second? Capital yep. punishment was not carried out to for the purpose. This is going to be a. This is going to be a a paradigm shift for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Capital punishment was not done in order to... People should be afraid to kill anyone. Because after I've just told you that it was hard to execute people... It's obviously that's not the reason. The Gemara Talmud says, very famous because missionaries use this section Talmud. Talmud says that there was so much murder going on, it was so rampant. We know it from Josephus, Jews were fighting with each other. The, Roman, the real truth, I've said this before, is that the war with Rome happened because the Romans stepped in to defend the Jews who were on the side of Rome it really it wasn't personal with the romans mm-hmm. but there was so much chinam, personal hatred that ultimately brought about the destruction of the second temple that in fact the, the, the talmud says that 40 years before the temple was destroyed that the the court the main court that was on the temple mount actually closed its doors and mm-hmm. therefore the death penalty was not able to be carried out which means the 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 nation has slipped so low that death penalty wouldn't accomplish what it is supposed to accomplish. And the purpose of death penalty is that the court should put someone to death is so that their sin should be atoned through their death. That they should, and they in fact, have to say vidui before their execution. One last point. In the Talmud, the Perik the, 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 the which is the last chapter of Sanhedrin, the chapter before that Is is all about the death penalty, the laws of Mm -hmm. death penalty. The very next chapter in the Talmud is that that everyone has a place in the world to come. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So therefore, the function of the death penalty was to a person should do tshuva, should repent, and their death should be should they should go to the next world. And their, their sin has been taken care of. Nobody's dying for anybody's sins. But it happened, in fa- it was not in, in the way death penalty is today. I imagine where it is in order to uh, dissuade people from committing the crime. That's not the reason. The reason is to make sure that... But once we can't be, we don't have witnesses, um, we find out later so that's that won't get a person next... That's, we cannot execute someone based on that. Rabbi Kiva said, who lived after the destruction of the Second Temple, if he had been uh, living during time of Temple, he said, he said no one would ever be executed. The, the standard was very, very, it was very rare for anyone to put to
0: death. That's our Torah portion. That is our Torah portion. Thank you, Jason of SpiritualBabies.net. Thank you, Rabbi Tobia Singer of OutreachJudaism.org, where you can get a copy of Let's Get Biblical, Why Doesn't Judaism Accept the Christian Messiah Volumes 1 and 2. You can also see all of Tobia's videos on TobiaSinger.tv. Until next time, dear listeners, be blessed, be set apart by the truth of our Father's Word. Shalom. G'day dear listeners, Jono here reminding you that we are returning to Israel with Rabbi Tovia Singer and we want you to come with us this November. Go to to truthtoyou.org and click on the Tanakh Tour of Israel and join us as we walk where judges, kings, priests and prophets made history in the Holy Land. Seats are limited so don't delay the Tanakh Tour of Israel this November on truthtoyou.org.